Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, and today we're going to be talking about manga, horror manga specifically, mermaids in manholes, and uh, flowers made of flesh and blood. How's it going, John? It's going well. Uh, I was trying to think of what you should say for that for that last one, just because you mentioned flowers, and I was like, I wonder where he's going to go with the flesh bit of it. But I was it, just going to just, yeah, exactly. It worked out. No, I liked it, and I like that we're trying out something different. Um, we're also joined by our co-host, Persephone. How are you doing? I'm good. Just filled with allergies. <laughs> dying. It's the season. It's getting here. I'm about to start dying of allergies myself. It's my season. Spring. Oh, shit. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back home. My mother is happy. <laughs> oh, geez. Did you, was that a part of the, the choice for that? Oh, but um, so if you're not familiar with like the background of yeah. Persephone, Demeter, her mother, gets sad when she leaves for the uh, when she leaves like when she has to go back to the underworld. So yeah. that's why you have the seasons. And then okay. when springtime comes back, it means Persephone has arrived back. So her mom is happy. Demeter. Yeah. Okay. Cool thing. That's a nice bit of is it Roman? Greek history. Greek history. Greek mythology. The Roman. I can't remember the Roman name for her. I know there's the other name for Persephone is Kore, but I just don't remember what the Roman version. Well, the Romans basically just copied the same shit and then renamed it, and that was that. Was that. <laughs> it, it's a habit of cultures over time, just to copy the ones before them and make altercations. And... But we're talking about some cool shit yeah, today. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not that boring old religion history. We're what? That about is not boring. Horror and manga That's and why. Japanese horror films, which are like top quality. Yeah. Uh, I have to tell you right now that uh, these two films were like two of. When I looked up a list of movies when I was a little bit younger, like probably maybe like eight years ago or so, I looked up like I had a fascination with the most fucked up movies I could possibly find. And a friend of mine told me, like, you should check out Flowers of Flesh and Blood. And mermaid in a manhole, and then I found some other ones, just like 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 120 days of Sodom and stuff like that. Oh jeez, all right. Ooh, I like that movie though. Oh, it's it's a <laughs> it's a doozy. But anyway, so but I decided that I was allowed to pick the movies for this week, so I decided to pick uh, both Flowers of Flesh and Blood and Mermaid in a Manhole, and then we found out uh, that the director of both of these movies, who also stars in uh, Flowers. Of Flesh and Blood is uh, Hideshi Hino, and he is also the writer and the uh, of the of a few mangas that he's done that are all horror mangas. Uh, does he do the animation, or does he have someone else who works with him? Uh, that is a very good question. I did not look at that information. No, I was just wondering because sometimes I he, think he yeah. does all everything. Yeah, because it looked it found, seemed very very. It was an autobiography of what Panorama of Hell, which is what we read. Yeah was an autobiography of his life like coming from because his parents what, escaped from yes. Manchuria or went to Manchuria then them coming back to Japan or whatever and his life with that he almost died coming from Japan or coming to, back to Japan things like that, yeah, that so was... it's just him demonstrating what had happened in a comic but in a very like horrific way okay so he, he just uh he was taking a different sort of artistic route with explaining what might have happened or to him or his family when he was going through all of this then. Um, so you discovered them from a list, you said. Yeah, yeah. Just I just looked up a bunch of really the most messed up movies. And two of them were <laughs> – these two were suggested to me by another friend of mine who likes okay. horror movies. It's the first time I've seen both of them after you suggested them. Um, but they didn't seem like uh, – 
so grotesque and like bothersome to me like i was watching it and i was like i could see how people would enjoy this for like one reason or another and for sure with the special effects for each one because uh there are some bits of it i'm like that looks pretty realistic not gonna lie especially when uh she's squeezing like whatever pus or stuff is on her and like all the colors start coming out of it it was such a weird it was a weird extended out scene but i liked it like the seven colors of pus that you must paint me with sort of scene which was was... like a fucked up version of uh what's the titanic scene oh yikes Uh, me like one of your french girls whenever (laughs) (laughs) paint me like one of your sewer girls Uh, right i guess that would be the translation of it yeah really i want that as a sticker like a paint me like one of your sewer girls and it's just the fucking mermaid laying yeah. down. Like, we oh, should yeah. Oh, yeah, we that, should commission like twenty of these. That would be really cool like actually. Special edition sticker for for the podcast. Hell yeah. I'm gonna I'll, actually that's a good idea. I'm gonna write that down. Sure. Yeah. Write it down. Yeah. Just you know, later. <laughs> yeah. I dig it. I dig but, it. Though. Yeah, dude, we should start doing merch. That'd be fucking cool. And that'd be one of them. Either that or put it on a t shirt. <laughs> and then people would be confused it's like a zombie m- mermaid or like a deformed mermaid have you ever seen this incredibly obscure japanese horror right movie? well i feel like people here in the united states are still kind of like not woke to horror films from outside the united states did I just fucking use woke yeah i did yikes <laughs> I used it because it's because it's totally inappropriate for the situation. That's why I this. use it. You're so upset. That's so You're true. so visibly upset. So just like what the fuck? Like, I had a conversation at work about that word. That's why. Like, <laughs> Wait, I have to go off on the tangent. What did you talk about? About like millennial speak or whatever. Oh, okay. Somebody like older was asking me about something. Oh, they're making like a poster for children. they or for like college age students stuff. They're like, oh, like what do you should put on it? And I was like. Fucking let's get this bread and yeet, bitch. Like, you oh know, like a bunch God. of other shit. And the word woke came up. He was like, oh, I think I'm woke to the millennial speak now. And I was like, stop. Like, He's like, no, you're not. Please, <laughs> please stop. But, um, That's great. Yeah. I feel like people are like hella not aware of uh, Japanese horror films because you also have like, um, we should do like an episode on more, but there's like tag, which is one that's really good. And it's about a bunch of schoolgirls, and you find out that they're actually in a video game. Like oh, they've all what? died and they're all in the video game. That yeah. sounds legit. I would watch um, that. There's, I think, what, the original Grunge? Or the uh, Grunge? Is that the? Grudge. Grudge. Thank you. Yeah, I knew which one you are talking about. <laughs> um, and then there's, like, Ringu, which is the original Ring. Whatever. I saw Ringu. That's Ooh, a ah, fuck. That oh, my God. Fucked me up. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's legit scary. I don't know how they managed to, like, get you into that level of fear. but Fucking Japanese horror films on another fucking level, dude. Like, they're just. That's I feel like they're not even doing like fake stories. They're like legit going into haunted places and just recording what's happening. <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, man, we just we made a movie." And they're like, "Well, where's the cast? What was the budget? We just uh, walked into house. <laughs> zero, zero. <laughs> uh, well, we bribed this one guy to let us pass the gates, but no. I, I mean, really, like they're starting to get next level as far as like scaring people. But then again, a lot of uh, United States, a lot of people in America are pretty desensitized to a lot of horror films. Plus, we really like the gore. We like doing the the gore porn films, so we get stuff like Hostel and mm-hmm. things like that, and they keep redoing it. Didn't they have a new Saw movie recently? Jigsaw, right? I, I think it was I think Jigsaw. it was called Jigsaw, yeah. And they just they were just trying to figure out how creative they could get with those kills. But really, I'm glad that we were able to incorporate the manga. So we're starting to move into like literature and other pieces like that. And I feel like it also gives you a different perspective of who the director and writer was do you think 
it kind of lets you into some of the things he might be contemplating or kind of living out some of these things through his work. I absolutely do. I uh, in the in the manga itself, he describes uh, the river of hell is what he calls it. Yeah, uh, and a lot of this it it really seems like an edgy teenager talking about their past sometimes. You know, with, with how things are worded, and that could just be a translation thing. Also, uh, I was wondering about that too. Yeah, because some of it sounds like edgy teenager language, but I think that that's just that's just kind of I think that's just how the translation is. So I can't I can't say for sure, but I would say that that river of hell is representative as the sewer in mermaid in a manhole as well. I work like with a character that's obsessed with painting things that are in like a dying river, essentially, or a river of awful dead things. Percy, you look like you were, you were thinking hard. It was about the whole, uh, the co- translation thing. And that's like my big fear about a lot of like mangas being translated. Oh yeah. Especially in the sense of this one. And a lot of the manga scans that you find online, they're not, official translations yeah. like you could see in the beginning of this like it was like three people that went through and like translated this which like is fine but like a lot might be lost in translation and that was my fear because like reading the first like couple of volumes or chapters of the manga i didn't like it because like, i was like oh my god it just sounds like some like edgy ass teenagers in here be like i slit my wrists look at me i cut myself like i was like oh my god who gives a fuck like <laughs> and then i got further into it and i was like oh shit like no this is actually really good i think it might just be the translation of it uh, it could easily be the translation because even like when I watch things in Spanish and see the translation that they've chosen for it, it doesn't always match up. The feeling or mood changes, which is interesting to watch something like that. So that could be a real possibility. It sucks. I can't like learn Japanese real quick and try to figure out some of these things because it'd be a whole new world of art oh, yeah. that you can get into, especially with the manga and the films kind of because apparently that's just happens quite a lot. There's a lot of manga to accompany uh, things that have been turned into film or animation. And then you end up kind of going along with both of them. But so which one did you which movie did you guys watch first or did you? I did uh, Mermaid in the Manhole. Mermaid in the Manhole. Whatever the fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I did. uh, I did Flowers of Flesh and Blood first because that was the first movie that I saw of that series of like the guinea pig series which oh, is like a six-part yeah. series too there's that like a whole bunch yeah. of other movies in it that are all very fucking weird i was gonna ask you about that so is that just like a series he decided to do like did he direct all of them i believe so or at least he only at least as far as i know he directed flowers and mermaid okay starred in flowers or and starred in flowers yep. Them, yeah. yep and then um there's a few American-made films that are actually guinea pig series, but they're not related to the series. They just get placed into it a lot. Oh, what yeah. is it? Um, give me a second. But there's just, yeah, there's a few. I think there's like two or three of them. And it's like talked about that, oh, there's these like films that are supposed to be a part of this, but they're not. Oh, they're just what? American-made films yeah. that got thrown into the guinea pig series because I think they have guinea pig in the title of them. Oh. <laughs> but they're, they're also horror films. Like they're fucked up horror films. They're just yeah. not. They're not supposed to be connected. All right. I remember like some of the other ones that I watched that were there because I've seen like the the Frankenstein one that's in there, I think. And I think I remember seeing He Never Dies also, which was just really silly because this is this guy that just gets just takes all the damage ever and just doesn't literally. It's just an excuse for them to dump buckets of blood out of a person. Did you ever watch uh, The Immortal by Takashi Mike? No, I have not seen that one. It's like his hundredth film or something like that. 
really fucking well, maybe good. I, maybe I did see that movie. Yeah, actually. it's like a samurai who who gets like who has this virus or this weird thing inside him that keeps him from dying, and uh, he ends up saving um, another girl that he meets. But it's like one that dude has made over a hundred films, which is crazy, and he just keeps going no matter what people think of them, <laughs> right? And like some of them are terrible, but then he has ones like that that are really fucking good, and it made me think of that because he's immortal. He's like he's like the like the Stephen King of filmmakers, just really prolific, but like yeah. hit and miss. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Some of them are just fucking awful. Like I, I think any idea he gets, he just runs with it, and he's like, "Yep, yep, there you go." And he's there so you. prolific now that people are like, "Yeah, fuck it, here's some money, go make the movie." Yeah, exactly. He's just like, "All right, well, he'll you'll get the job done, and he might right. turn a profit." Well, they're all uh, like shoestring budgets, like they're all super small, and oh. he ends up making a good amount of money from each one. So it's like I would do that too. Shit. Yeah. Um. I don't know. The manga, the manga was really cool. I don't know. I'm just, I, I was thinking about it and it had a lot of like, it was like an autobiography of him. And I felt like I understood the movies a little bit more and why they were kind of like, I felt like they were more funny and I felt like more, he was laughing as well when he's like, what looking at all of this stuff. Like, I don't think that, that he knows like actually that deranged. I think that he's like, he's oh, just, you yeah. know what I mean? I don't think that he's actually that deranged. I think he's probably a very like humble person. I, I've never seen an interview with him or anything, but I'm just like, just from what I've read, I would imagine he's a fairly like humble individual. I should I should have looked up interviews as well with him, only because uh, you kind of get an idea of how some people are. Mm-hmm. Like only recently, I've been looking back at a lot of interviews with like Tarantino. He's kind of he's kind of a fucked up dude. Like I think he might actually have something wrong with him because <laughs> he's mentioned on more than one occasion that he just loves violence, and that's like why it's become such a big part of his films and why he decided to include them in like so many of them. But he's also pushing the line of being like super racist so it's been it's yeah. been weird he was recently in a in an interview did you see that so he was in an interview with um samuel jackson and the two stars uh, jamie fox and then the girl who was in django unchained and he like just started doing this like weird black accent out of like nowhere about? tarantino really yeah it was so bad like he's getting because that motherfucker goes to BLM fucking yeah. ra- rallies and shit like all the time. Like he was sitting next down, to like Samuel Jackson and he was nuts. like, uh, like you should probably stop doing that because he, he started like doing this Southern accent where he's trying to like speak like a black man. And it just got super awkward and they are like, oh, so moving on and like just kind of let it go. But he was like pushing the boundaries on that one. So that was weird. It's a weird thing to see. But but the reason why I mention it is because I feel like in some way writers end up putting little bits of themselves into whatever work they're doing and or they commit really heavily to um, placing their mind into the character or like what what would they do if they were this person. I feel this is especially true with people who do like things that involve murder and like how they end up contemplating it and the build up to something like that. Mm. Yes. I agree with that entirely. <laughs> the, well, I mean, I, I mean, they definitely do are going to have to think of the scenarios and whatnot. I mean, it takes somebody thinking of all those scenarios and how to kill people <laughs> in order to make those scenarios. Someone had to think of all of the interesting ways people could die in all the Saw movies. They're interesting. They're definitely interesting most of the time. <laughs> I'm hoping I don't get onto like some FBI watch list because of all the weird shit that I Google for writing. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I Google really specific things sometimes. Like I was writing a like a crime little script for one of my classes. And uh, I was looking up like how people butcher cows so I can get the cut of meat right for the butcher shop. 
And so, the, like, I can only imagine people were looking at my search history. The TSA agent in your phone. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, excuse me. Hello. Like, well, so what are you looking at? <laughs> so he's he's going to get uh, like, how do you butcher a cow? Uh, what are the cuts of meat that you get from a cow? What caliber does like a certain revolver use? Do you get like gunpowder left on your hand? Uh, mixed in with like really generic shit, like what's on the Daily Zeitgeist podcast? <laughs> so it's just like all this mix of stuff. But you know, yeah, you'll you'll end up thinking about it a lot. Uh, but th- those were interesting because they both sort of involved like a weird level of intimacy. Like it wasn't just like a random murder, especially with the mermaid in a manhole where he like pretty much falls in love with her, but yeah. not in a sexual way. Cause like they don't, they don't, no, no, they don't no, have sex. That's like, the, yeah. that's the, what I really like about all these movies is that both times, like the, the victim is, the victim is always female in both of them, or at least in one of them, she actually is a victim. The other one, she's a, well, she's technically a victim of two, of cancer. So there's that. That's a bit. Yeah. Oh, that's right. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be like victim of cancer. We'll call it victim. So both times the victim, but the victim's never actually sexualized at all in the movie whatsoever it's just all focused on not, gore not, not at all no, not by the not by the character playing next to them but yep. but perhaps in a visual way yes maybe if somebody may okay i suppose so if yeah. somebody's if somebody's super into the the bondagey thing and whatnot well i yeah. only argue that because um they still have plenty of scenes where they're naked and or topless yeah so it was like made for that male gaze but as yeah. far as like the other character with them they weren't trying to have sex with them yeah, exactly. Yes. It was purely, purely about you know, like watching somebody be destroyed, basically. Yeah, that that's that's interesting. Now that you mentioned it like that, it, it you do sort of see these characters kind of deteriorate, and then what it's like to be so close to that. I wonder if it's I wonder if it's an interpretation maybe of people he knew that died. Here's another. Here I'm gonna tie it back to the manga again. The three tattoos arc that's in the manga. And how he watches, he's heard the story about his grandfather came to a fall. He hears the story about how his father comes to a fall and then his own brother comes to a fall. He has watched three or at least heard about and watched three significant figures in his life all pass away due to themselves. Yeah. In some way. And so, I mean, it's different in the movies, but watching people be destroyed, I think that this might be something therapeutic. Maybe a way or maybe just a way to express that idea. I don't know. I, it would I, make sense that writing it out and then making it into a film is sort of a catalyst for that moment. And then that's sort of a way to kind of heal, even if it is uh, something that ends up being a little bit violent. Well, a lot violent. <laughs> massively violent. I, I really like a lot of the special effects in, in fr- and flowers. A, yeah. lot of like the, a lot of like the flesh cuts and whatnot are very, very interesting. Talk about practical effects. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. It's, oh man, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't say they're like anatomically accurate, but they put a lot of effort into making that look like a foot just got ripped off. (laughs) Oh yeah. They're, they're not, I don't think they're meant so much to be like, yes, this is how like tendons and bones come apart and break. It was more for like the visceral feeling of watching the gooey flesh and blood and everything kind of come apart. And so you then get a bodily response to it where you're like, Oh, I don't know if I want to continue watching, but then you kind of sort of do, you end up continuing to watch it. Cause that's how people are. We kind of don't want to look away from things like that. Even if it is something that's a little bit disturbing. It, you look so deep in thought, Percy. I'm trying not to sneeze. <laughs> 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 and the, the pivotal moment turned out to be a sneeze. <laughs> 
like oh. you're talking about this and I can feel you getting really deep and I can feel the sneeze coming on. That's all I need is like for it to be really deep and I just let out a fucking sneeze. Just ruin the fucking moment. <laughs> right. Maybe I, I should just keep it well, in then. Well, if you, oh yeah, if you let out, if you let out a sneeze though, we can always edit out that section of it. Yeah, it's totally And then just be like, no, but it's all good. Um, <laughs> allergies are a bitch. You know, make sure you uh, watch your noses and make sure you try to survive. Try to survive just out have there. Better jeans, bitch. <laughs> like, Damn. Get better jeans. All right, like, yeah. Get better. Get better jeans. Get good, bitch. Like, oh my god. Get better jeans, Levi's. I just there met you. like an edge lord gamer. <laughs> like, get good, bitch. Oh, I just no scoped you. Get some. Get some jeans. Bruce, just no scope, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love those memes. I'm sorry. What were you saying, Mitch? <laughs> well, here, I, we'll see. I got lost because now I'm thinking about 14 year olds on Xbox being ridiculous. So right. There's, I was never one of those children. I was never like that. I never had an Xbox Live to go play with people like that. Me too. Like I never went nuts on fucking mic. Like you know, with my like fucking. I still sound like a child, yeah. like voice wise, but like I just never fucking went nuts. Like you know what I mean? Like oh, your mom sucks. Like you know, like that kind of bullshit where I suck your mom. Like all, like I'm like, what the fuck? Like. Get a life, stupid ass. I, like, all right. The one time that I was like that, I went over to my buddy's house and he had like a really, like it was a large piece of property, a lot, like a lot of like farm and horse land and stuff around it uh, in Vista. Yeah. And um, so he had a lot of open space. And so he set up a TV that was like run by an extension cord outside, like literally just outside in his front yard. And then he had two inside the house and we had three Xboxes going all running Halo 2. Holy shit. And when you have like, and there were four people on each of those systems and all oh, of us screaming okay. at each other. But that was, that was the only time I ever did that. I never did it online and stuff like that. I always did it when I was with a group of people who I like relatively knew and was friends with. And it was like this huge experience. It was a blast though. I could not do the insulting and yelling because my mom would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Calm down. Like, it's just a fucking game. Well, I mean, it was more like, it was more like laughing and then, ha, you suck, ha, like that sort of deal. Instead of like, instead of like just shouting racial slurs randomly at oh, people. Oh, no. And crap, For me. You know, just like, I don't understand where I that mean, comes from. me as an adult now, like sitting in my own home playing League of Legends, are you damn right you're going to fucking know how much you fucking suck, bitch? <laughs> like, I was straight up, especially if I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm on Discord with people, but it'll oh never God. be about the people I'm playing with, but I'll sit there and be like, your mother's going to fucking swallow you, you piece of shit like you know what i mean like i do know like don't ah uh, yes league of legends <laughs> a bastion of great people to play with. i mean like just games in general like when i'm playing like you ever play sit and play just dark souls and actually try and take that shit seriously okay, and just get no, fucking pissed like no. about play like i stopped playing dark souls so that i wouldn't destroy my console uh, is really what happened or my pc i should say because i was playing on there holy shit i i guess i'm not a true gamer and that I don't actually want to always be really stressed out whenever I play games. Well, what's happened to me in my older age, which is terrible. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've moved into playing more casual games because they're stress-free. Look at you, you fucking filthy casuals. No. <laughs> Yo, no. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> no, do you want to know? Do you want to know how casual it's gotten? If you're going to sit here and tell me you start playing Candy Crush, I'm going to kick your no, ass. What the fuck? Oh, I'm not. I'm which not, is fine. Which is fine. No, you fuck play people. Candy Crush. No, you play Candy Crush, you're a sociopath. So, no, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking. No, this is where it gets really bad. I found this game on Steam. You get to be the owner of a vineyard and you get to make wines and stuff. Your only goal is to make sure that these grapes grow like just fine and then you bottle kind of them. adult shit are you playing? Yeah. Like? Isn't that wild? <laughs> 
Yeah. All, all you want to do is just, you're just like, truly all I want is wine simulator 3D. Yeah. No, it's literally a wine simulator. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you playing Stardew Valley? Yeah. I fucking, fucking love Stardew game, Valley. Dude. Like, what the fucking real yeah. life shit you play some goddamn Stardew Valley? Like, no, I only recently just played that. Uh, well, I only recently got my character to like start dating someone and like get them to like marry you and shit. And that's way too much fucking work. Like, what the hell, dude? Uh, I thought it was going to be much simpler. I have been playing Total War Warhammer. Oh, dude, that game is so amazing. Wait, the first or second one? Total War Warhammer. Um, I'm playing the second one. With, yeah. I'm playing the campaign with all of the Wait, you have the second on one? Dude, we should play it. I have one and two. I have I have the second one. Why haven't we played this game? Uh, I don't know. We, I mean, we can just run it. I'm doing an orc run right now in that game. We'll play it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm down. I'm down. Wait, you're, you are talking about the Total War. Yeah. Warhammer. I have it. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's I've been playing cool. Total War since Total War Rome. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I've never played any of those. I mean, oh no, I played like Total War like medieval whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, that one's really good. And I I played it like on a computer that probably couldn't run it very well, but it was very good. I always played the the Rome one and I always played like the underdog car- or nations, like the ones that are really small and then just fucking dominate it. Like that was the coolest. That was I don't know why that was so pleasing to do in those games. It's like playing like Civilization and then playing Gandhi and then just being like everyone is now under fucking uh, uh what's his um his religious belief system? I forget what it's called. Uh, no, it's Buddhism, right? Yeah. Wait, what? I I was going to say what Mitch just said. Buddhism? Yeah, Buddhism. Yeah, you can you basically like force everyone into Buddhism and then like Everyone is forced to be peaceful. It's hilarious. Sounds like some Civ nonsense. Yeah, also. it is. Yeah, it's it exactly what that is. Yeah, it's, I played I played Civ Five recently and was doing that. Oh, uh, Civ. Uh, there's a really good mod you can get for that game that total that that amps it up a lot and oh, adds some, a lot of new units and you get some stuff earlier and some stuff later, uh, and it changes some of the uh, uh, the passives of some of the Civs and whatnot. And right. It's pretty. It's really good though. I have had a lot of fun with it. All right. Well, I digress. Yeah, definitely. So what? back to, uh, yeah, what what do you want to know about these movies, John? Well, well, see, I didn't know what to make of the fact that he decided to turn somebody's body into, like, a weird, grotesque piece of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because what exactly does that mean as far as, and then would other people consider it, like, an art form? Like, have you seen Hannibal? Yeah. Uh, mm. No, I have not actually seen the that one, movie. No. It's a good show. The one with uh, Mads Mad Mickelson. Yeah, yeah. I got good. oddly attracted to Mads Mickelson after Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my it was god. Super weird. Um, but in that show, a lot of the killers or the main killer uh, likes to display bodies in a certain way, and it was like leaving like an artistic piece for all the detectives and people who were who he knew was investigating him. And so I wonder if it was purposeful in that way. I, did anybody ever feel physically ill watching the mermaid die in the bathtub? Like I felt like like puking when I first saw it like a while ago. Like not so much now, but I could still feel. I felt a little bit uh, like upset stomach just a little bit after a while. I think it. I was just in a weird mood because I had finished uh, class and I came home to watch it, and I got food on my way home. So I was totally eating while watching that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like mm, yum. Yeah, mm. I was I was eating. Uh, what was I eating? It was a lot of Jack in the Box food. So it was like the tacos, some fries, onion rings, chicken nuggets, and just like stuff in my face while I was watching it. And I was like, this is fucked up, like full mouth. like. <laughs> so it was, it was, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. No, there's not much that's kind of gotten me to the point where I'm like, oh, that's going to make me sort of nauseous. The only time I've ever felt that way is like when I've actually hurt myself in real life, like when I cut my hand one time. Uh, actually, I think I think Percy was around what when that fuck? happened. Wait, was that with the butcher knife or whatever in the yeah. kitchen? Oh, yeah. Dude, I almost fainted. Oh, that was a fucking stressful ass day. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I, uh, I accidentally like pushed down on the knife when I was cutting, uh, I don't know, potatoes or something. The knife came up into my hand and cut like halfway across my hand. And I looked at it, saw all the blood and nearly fainted in the kitchen. It yeah, was me, him, and Daniel. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and Danny started freaking out. I didn't know yeah, what the fuck to do. I was like, I needed a moment. Oh shit! <laughs> After a few seconds, I was all right. But that that first few seconds, man, I thought I was gonna pass out from like cutting myself, and then like the delayed pain reaction. It was it was all weird. I heard a uh, a very uh, grotesque story from another friend of mine who will remain unnamed. Uh, about right. a about a girlfriend that he had. Oh, had geez. a very in, intense episode that almost sounds like a bit out of a horror movie. Oh god. So apparently she like attempted attempted a uh, attempted a suicide whatnot oh. and then called him and then he showed up. And when he got there, she had lost so much blood that she was delirious and she was trying to bake cookies. And so when they came there, there was like blood stained cookie batter she was mixing. And she's just like, I bake cookies for everyone. Oh, my God. And whatnot. And so they're just like, OK, ambulance, get her there. And then she got help and she is now apparently fine and OK, apparently in the world. That is but that is actually sounds like it's right out of a horror short. It really like it does. Right. Doesn't that sound like a horror short almost just kind of I mean, I'd be pretty freaked out anyway, but. Just yeah, no, that's a pretty that's a little bit of a jump in intensity from your story, I suppose. But yeah, only because intentions. I didn't intend to cut my hand. No, not at all. No, no, there right. was a, there was a legit intent there. I've definitely. I think the only other time that I got really, really messed up about what had happened was when I broke my arm, because uh, it snapped in a way where I could see my bones. So you don't. You really don't know how white your bones are until you get to see them like firsthand it's gnarly it's like bone white is definitely like a real color i have never broken a bone in my body so you I should d- knock on some wood <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like as soon as possible soon because i've broken way too many bones but what made me think of this wait i've never actually broken a bone i've never broken a bone i've never been stung and I've never, I can't say I've cut, not cut myself, but it, of course it's happened. But I have burnt my hand on a skillet Ooh. and did not realize it until my hand had been on the skillet for about a minute. Yeah, because you just fried your nerves. Yeah, like I was cooking something and in a fucking stupid state, thought I was grabbing onto the bowl and had grabbed onto the side of the skillet and was holding onto it. And then all of a sudden I go, oh shit, and <laughs> had to go to the doctor for that and everything, lost feeling in my hand for a bit. It was great. But yeah, outside of that, I've like never fucked anything else. I've up. seen that in some ways, certain more severe burns are better for people because you no longer have the pain receptors in that area. So it's like it's better to have gotten that than like second, first degree burn. Better to get like the more intense one because then you just heal. You don't have to like feel the pain for the rest of the uh, the healing process, which ends up being really intense. Children that are involved in horror. We talked about this with heredity. Well, that was hilarious. Hereditary. Yeah, hereditary. Excuse me. Heredi- hereditary. I think, I think the way you said it was, why do uh, filmmakers like to put ugly children in horror yeah, films? Yeah. Well, yes, it was ugly. Okay, no, but like just children, <laughs> children in horror movies. You're gonna be all kinds of no. fucked up about that. That child wasn't ugly. Okay, I don't want to talk about this now. 
what? Yeah, he was. This is the ugliest kid I've ever seen. What are you talking about? <laughs> she she looked like if Brain had like a full head of hair, you know, from Peaky and the Brain. If That's Brain fucked had a up. Full That's head so hair. fucked up. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> but, <laughs> you said if Brain? Brain. Like from Peaky and the Brain. brain from Peaky and the fucking Brain. I'm so fucked up by that. <laughs> I love that. What are we going to do today, Brain? Just imagine her fucking dying. The brain dying on fucking peanuts, dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Instead of her brain outside or her head, it's fucking brain's head. Like, I need that movie edit where it's like fucking brain's head sitting on the fucking ground. Damn. That's next level shit. The reason why I bring this up, despite despite that hilarious little tangent, but the reason why I bring this up is I think think there's like like children being scary has been a, a thing. In horror movies, can you guys? I, you guys are bigger, are much bigger horror buffs than I am. I would say. So, how many movies can you name where children are involved and are like the centerpiece of horror? The Shining has it. Let's see. Children of the Wait, hold Corn. On. Children the of the Shining, Corn. Children of the Corn, uh, The Omen, Rosemary's Baby, um, The Orphan. Uh, no, that she was a grown ass woman, but she was portrayed as a child. <laughs> she was a grown ass woman, and no she was ugly. That's happens, what everybody likes you know, to talk about. Plus, there was like six Children of the Corn movies. Uh, God, wait, no, I know there's more. Uh, Chucky. Uh, that's all I can think of right at the So moment. I don't know if this is a theory at all, but I'm going to relate it to the manga. Okay. So the manga, he talks about his family, his family that he has right now. The Bobby. Or at the time. Yeah, the, uh, Hideshi Hino talks, about, talks okay. about his family in the, in the manga in Panorama of Hell. Yeah. He yeah. talks about his, how he, he talks about he has a son. He also has a daughter. He talks about how his daughter likes to um, paint um, dead kittens and how his son likes to smash toads with rocks. And how he likes to eat the little, what was it? He, like eat the little toads, eyeballs. No, and yeah. Oh, he takes the, the, not the toad, the, the pig's eyeballs and was like, oh, hey, yeah, the pigs. Shit. Yeah. yeah. yeah he, I don't know. He sneaks into butcher shops and steals pig's heads and puts them on spikes and whatnot. And I think it's hilarious that he's like using his kids as like horror, as like, ho- like his like horror family. You know what I mean? And then he's like, and my wife owns a bar of hell. And then all of the headless like people come and they eat there. And they say, oh, no, we don't have heads. And she cuts. Ash sashimi. Yeah, ash sashimi. (laughs) Right. So if you're interested in knowing what the hell we're talking about, I'm for sure going to put a link for the manga that we read into the description for this. So you can go. And go ahead and check out this comic uh, that we keep referring support to. Support the author and try to find his work and buy it. You can find it on Amazon. Right. You can buy, like, legit. You can buy a Panorama of Hell. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. You can purchase, actually, all of Hideshi Hino's stuff you can purchase, as well as many other of these manga writers. So support yeah. the artists. I, I, I am going to be very vocal about this. Support the artists. Pay them oh, for what for they sure. do. Pay them for what they do because the world is slowly suffocating them. I also really like how the women are drawn in the comic. They're very beautiful, which is not like anything near what I was expecting. Well, I think that's sort of purposeful. Like the they're trying to. Um, well, so I guess I have a theory for it. Not really that this is the way that it is. I think the reason why they do that is because it fits the descriptor for a lot of horror that includes women is that they're almost always going to be really attractive to kind of, like, lure you into whatever is going on. There's that Japanese, um, uh, what is the name for things that are myth? But it's another term for it. Like, the Japanese, uh, I don't know why. the Folklore? Folklore, something. But, like, another term for mm. it, like. Mythology? Not, it's like creepypasta, but the real word we use for it. Oh. Legends? 
legend. Yeah, with like the horror legends. Theories. Huh? Conspiracy. No, theories. the other term. Like, <laughs> like, like they're little demon spirits and stuff. I don't know and, why like, I can't stories. think of the word, but um, I, it, like, but uh, there's that idea of the woman who has like I think she has like a mask on or something, or like half of her face is all really yes. fucked up or something, and she'll ask you like, "Am I beautiful?" And you can't tell her yes or no because if you do, she will kill you. Yes. And then if you just ask her, like, you're supposed to ask her another question. Oh, yeah. So to confuse her, yeah, you would be like, well, I don't know. Am I beautiful? Or don't. I guess you wouldn't say I don't know because that's an answer. But, like, you know, am I beautiful? And it will confuse her. And then you would walk away from her. Like, Japanese, um, like, creepypasta, shit like Superstition? that. Superstition? No. I don't. The word is going to come to me after we're done talking right. about this. Yeah, I'm going to be gonna pissed. <laughs> well, you know what? That sort of ties into... Uh, so I have a theory for everything. You'll you'll find out quickly. So I think that I think the reason why they include children in horror films is because one, parenting is terrible, and <laughs> this is like what parents have a fear of is that their children are gonna like do something evil or they're gonna teach them the wrong thing, and they're just gonna take up some weird habit. But in a way, a child performing an act of violence or anything that is like horror esque ends up being a little bit scarier because they have no intention behind it. They're not intending to hurt anybody and yet they're still doing it. And so it's kind of getting at the idea that people sort of have this uh, inherent uh, violence or prone to like do things that are kind of fucked up. And so to see that, to witness it in a child that's supposed to be kind of innocent in a way ends up making it kind of a more fucked up version than if an adult was doing it. Because if an adult commits a certain act of violence, then they have to have a motive usually. And usually people can find it like, oh, like they're divorced, they're lonely, they're sad, they want to kill themselves, any one of these. Whereas like a kid, you can't really figure out why they do it. And in some cases, these kids are like thoroughly enjoying themselves when they're doing these things. Oftentimes we think of children as innocent. So it's sort of like a subversion of that idea as yeah. well. So I think that's also kind of creepy because it's a different territory. I've never, how many stories do you hear where like a child like just stabbed their parent to death? Uh... Well, I only know of a lot because I like got into a lot of those things. But oh yeah, it's not I mean, I'm common. sure there's plenty of not cases, common. but it's not a common thing. So I feel like that's like a horror sort of deal. Well, from what I've seen, whenever they have cases like that and they talk to these kids, um, they didn't think the result would be death, which is a weird sort of like conclusion to that. Whenever they ask these kids, what are you laughing about? Oh my god, are you looking at memes right now? <laughs> are you looking at I'm fucking so memes? Sorry, I just came up on my phone. I had to see it. Jesus. But it's about Endgame. <laughs> what does it say? I want to know. What is the meme? Just to be clear, Ant-Man will not be crawling into Thanos' asshole and expand an Avengers Endgame. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't believe Ash it. Sashimi would Ash come from fucking the fucking Ant-Man fucking. Sashimi. I hate this so much. I really like listen. You really got to read this comic. Yeah. Like the fucking hell, uh, the hell bar, or whatever it was called, is really. It's like a really interesting part because like the woman literally cuts like mouths into the fucking headless body. But there is literally a scene where they're all asking for certain body parts, and it's just this dude's ass, and he's asking for ass sashimi. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna get sashimi, it might as well be ass sashimi. You know, this is, is that chunks of your butt? Is it your butthole? Like, what is that? I would guess it's like the meatiest part of like your butt. What if you have no butt? Well, then you wouldn't be asking for ass sashimi. You'd go with other bits. At least that's what my guess is. I don't know. I think we're it's 2019. We're eating the whole ass. No. 
Oh my god. Who knows? Maybe you have some dude who's in there who's like, I want some titty. Just sashimi, Give me that know? titty meat, ho. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Titty, titty sashimi. You know what that makes me think of? Those places where you go and you like eat sushi off of like naked women. Wait, do you go places for that? I thought I'm, you bring that person whole. Like that sounds like some home shit. Like, you can go places for that, just not here in the United States. That sounds freaky. Where, where people are like fuck. offered to be platters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've seen kind those... of freaky shit. Uh, <laughs> I saw like a like a half documentary on it that like included it, and uh, there's people who get really well paid for that. It's not like there there's like security guards present, so like they're not groping them and shit. Um, so they'll go and they'll lay down and then they have to stay still for whatever amount of time and they just get paid in cash at the end of the day and that's their job yeah i mean you have uh, in their way they have to be like quote unquote conventionally attractive so like a certain body style and so but yeah they make so much money doing that and that all you got to do is lay there in some cases they uh chat with people like she the, like the girl will be laying there and then like the dude just chatting her up it's really funny to watch. I got to find the documentary. I'll, I'll link it to you guys. <laughs> is that a, is that cold fish? Cold? Really cold there? Is that like a... No, it doesn't bother me much. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> no, dude. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> okay, no, I'm oh, my now. God. <laughs> They're like legit, like serious conversations. Like there was this one dude who went who was like a lawyer and he was chatting a girl up and she's like a she was like a student at one of the local universities. So like they were getting to like a really deep in-depth conversation while dudes are like reaching for her boobs and like everywhere else that they had food. They're just like, it's like, so what do you think about Exxon's current stock? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, a long conversation <laughs> yeah. about shit like that. You know? well, I think oh. the drop in the market today. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure you need to. The thing is, you need to buy, buy, buy right now. That's really what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, you know, that reminds me of uh, American Psycho, where she's like, What do you do? And he's like, Oh, yeah, I'm into murders and executions. <laughs> and she, what? And, yeah, exactly. And she's like, What? Because <laughs> she can't fucking hear him in the club. I love that. Also, have you seen the movie Sushi Girl? No. Wait, that's that horror film or like the slasher one with the girl who was like a fucking sushi, like the plate thing. Exactly and then what like I the- just described. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> that is a good ass movie. You got, have you seen it? No, I have Mitch? not. No. Yeah. Go check out a movie called Sushi Girl. And the only prep you need for it is that it doesn't end the way that you expect it. That's all I'm going to say about it. But there is a girl in there where they eat sushi off of her. And uh, that's like how the whole, the whole scene takes place like around her. So she's there like the entire film. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's a really weird like take on what's going on. Um, it's also kind of short now that I remember. Wasn't it like an hour? Uh, like, I think it was like an hour and a half. It was like Disney movie length. It's really weird. But let's go. Let's go into Mermaid in a Manhole. So what were you going to say about it? I was going to ask everybody's opinion on it because I thought it was just okay. Like, I wasn't too much of like. A- not super entertained. I mean, it- it was okay like but outside of that i just it was yeah it wasn't super over the top i don't get that sick feeling from the film like y'all were talking about like certain parts make you sick like just kind of sat there i was fucking chowing down on some fucking poke while i'm eating this fucking dang you're eating straight up raw yeah dude just sit there just fucking eating poke and shit i was like i guess that's what i'm gonna fucking do like 
You know what I mean? Just fucking oh, sitting there eating. Oh, my God. And I'm, like, on the phone with, like, my best friend. I'm like, yeah, I'm just watching this fucking film. And I send him a piece. He's like, what the fuck? Are you eating during this? I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm eating poke. I'm eating fucking pieces of that bitch in the fucking bathtub. Like, oh, you know my God. <laughs> so, in your case, you had an almost literal translation of, hey, I'm eating this, watching it, like, getting the whole experience. I just, yeah. I'll... <laughs> eating the fucking oh my mind went somewhere else with that but like i'm just sitting there eating you know fish and i'm watching a fish have pussy fucking boils in a bathtub and all of a sudden she's fucking she's an art piece and i was like wow what a literal translation of this fucking film (laughs) i think i think the only thing i didn't get was her like willingness to go through she was willing i feel like no no, she was in way too much goddamn pain to be fucking willing to do that shit. Mm. Why didn't she mm. just, like, ask to be killed or kill herself? What the fuck? She's a fucking mermaid. You think she wanted to die? She probably didn't. I mean, she probably wanted to leave the sewer, but she wanted to go to some cleaner water. And this motherfucker's like, I'm obsessed with this mermaid from this thing. And now I'm going to pay. And then just starts, as you could tell, like, one of the parts, she, like, shook her head multiple times when he was coming at her with the fucking knife and shit and all those other things. And she would do her, ah! and, like, she's fucking dying and shit. And oh, that guy's whoa. like, I'm just going to fucking kill him to, like, fucking start putting my knife in you i was like she she asks him to cut the sores and whatnot on her when oh, she's in the bathtub yeah, really? she, yeah yeah she says she says leak my leak my pus and paint with it and drew the picture of how i am now so that you truly know and whatnot so oh, you is, so yeah. i didn't know that so i didn't yeah. get the subtitles remember because yeah. my mm-hmm. version of the film, i remember that part so, now so like i could make sense why you think you why you think it's totally like different yeah. than what it is because all of that dialogue is really important Fuck. so Wait. the sad thing about this was that we had mitch had like graciously fucking provided us like the films but for some odd reason i couldn't access them so i had to watch it with like french fucking subtitles and i was like wow this oh makes my no fucking gosh sense. you get a totally different read on yeah it so the there was and like i got some of the french because like my mom speaks french so like i have like a yeah. understanding of some of it so i got some of the parts but yeah i read it as a completely different thing i was like she didn't want it so i didn't even no, get that she directly requests that he cuts her and gets all of the color out so that he can then use it to paint her as she is that makes it so much of a different film right. like i yeah. literally yeah. thought yeah. that she was like i don't want this shit no, i was like look not- at this like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so super, upset. Yeah, it's like it's honestly of the two films, it's actually my favorite one. That like changes it a lot for me. Like yeah. that would make me enjoy it more if I would have yeah. had like the actual. Yeah. At first, I thought it was like oh, it's just a little sad ass bitch. Oh, I'm sad my wife died. Now I'm gonna cut yeah. up this fucking mermaid. I mean, I'm sitting there eating poke. It, 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 <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, guess I did it for you, bitch. I mean, it technically, oh my God. it technically does does do that trip where it is oh, the mermaid is actually his wife sort of deal, and then it has that whole that whole ending. That's like the twist, the twist of the film anyway. Well, okay. The only pushback I have for that is that they actually found a scale. Yeah, the scale. the Or the fish's scale, which or suggests that the mermaid was real. Was real at one point. But the but the, but the the report that the police have is that it's his wife at the end of the film. So yes. you don't know for sure. Yeah, you're not sure. Maybe, maybe theory, theory of the story now. When she was murdered, her body changed into a normal human's body. Maybe she was always yeah, a mermaid. I've seen that happen before in other things where the body will transform. What if it maybe. was a piece of something she owned? Oh. Mm-hmm. Maybe she owned the scale. Ooh. Like it might have been a part of something else that she had that like meant a lot to her. It could have been even a hair accessory. 
Yeah. And it came off. Oh, that's good. And that's all a good of a sudden one. you have this. Yeah. Cause that was what I really liked was that any part. And they like actually translated that part for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you actually know what's going on. Yeah. No, he doesn't. Yeah. He's definitely just like, he definitely tries to care for her and does everything he can. He's just like, Oh, there's worms coming out of you. I yo, loved, I loved all of those I scenes. Love the, worms, the worm scenes. Worms. Oh my God. When he was like, pull him out of her and shit. I was like, yeah. I was just like, oh, God, oh, no, this is soothing some weird things that I have. Right, like, deadass, I wanted to put my hand in, like, some fucking dirt, dude. Like, I was like, and I, so, like, side story, I have a body butter that smells like dirt and flowers. So, like, I'm watching this scene with the fucking worms, and I had to, like, stop and, like, go open up that body butter and, like, smell it, because it smelled like dirt. <laughs> and I was like, wow, like, I didn't know this was going to satisfy some weird shit in me. Like, you know, <laughs> like, if I ever had any doubts for why I had started a podcast about horror films with you two, they are now dismissed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you, oh, understood. There you go. Because you have two fucking weirdos that are sitting here like, oh my God, the worms. I just want to put like, my yeah, hands in some fucking dart. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to fucking, we need like a podcast photo and it's just all of us playing with worms. Yeah, like, I think Jesus. that would be like. That actually would be a really good group photo. <sighs> Now I just want to talk about Cryptopsy because that's what like there was a the frontman for for Cryptopsy used to do this thing where he would walk around like on the stage with like a goblet full of worms and then just like feed them to people like in the crowd and people just like would eat that shit and then he'd start eating them himself and then finish it off and then the band starts their set Holy and it's shit. just like yeah it's so fucking I'm oddly down for that yeah but... dude it was so cool it's I'm like I'm not gonna eat the worm but I'm down to watch other yeah, people eat the yeah. fucking worm oh yeah no yeah. <laughs> You can find them. There's a video. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Um. I think it is actually called. Um. Oh my God. What I can't remember. I haven't listened to that song in a while. But it's like Return to the Worms or something like that. And then it, yeah, it's fucking great. There's a great live video of that on YouTube somewhere. Go find it. Yeah, but those were really good scenes in that. Like it was just so like most of the special effects, whatever. I wasn't really like sold on. And then the worms, and I was like, okay. Oh, okay, like I actually had to rewind and watch back through yeah. it. I was like, that was actually a really fucking well done scene. And they start just piling, like overflowing over the yeah. top. Oh love my all god! That. And yeah, then like the really shots. big one that came out of her or something. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, my <laughs> like, life. That's a, is... that's not a worm. That's a centipede. You just pull oh like, yeah, so, like I was just like, <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> Am I thinking of something different then? When it was like things that look like eels. That was probably Some the they, fucking they, yeah. That could have been eels also. That would have been also very cool. There was a moment where there was a, like a ton of them coming out of it. Or out of whatever, like, out zo- of her, whatever zoom in that they decided to do for that moment. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I think, I think that was one of those moments where I was like, so my hands sweat. And so I had a very, like, real visceral translation to my hands because my hands are already wet so i was like oh and like <laughs> i was like wiping my hands on my it's, shirt it's such an it's an interesting movie now that i'm talking to both of you about it because you both had very different like 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 persephone just really likes like really liked the visual aspect of like the worms and things like that but also had like a feeling like a touch thing she had to satisfy a like a smell sense yeah when she when she um saw that and then you had to like you had it feel in your hands me i just got sick because i'm just like that's fucking gross yeah like you know for <laughs> me I love it, but... like a very visual like as i really like very good visual so like that was one of the things about hereditary that i really like was there's just a lot of scenes where like the girls just like touching stuff or like people so like that whole scene yeah like i had to open up that body butter and like smell that dirt because i was just like oh shit i can smell the dirt i can see the worms like to me that was like oddly calming so well, it was like this really fucked up ASMR sense for me where I'm sitting there and I'm like hearing the worms like plopping out of her and I'm smelling dirt. And I'm like, wow, this makes me look so attractive on this podcast. Hello. <laughs> well, it's two things. One is the ASMR version of it, which is 
that people enjoy these things because it has to do with texture, with a certain smell, certain sound, and then that fulfills something in you. Like it's why like as a kid you love digging your hands into the dirt and then coming in like that. But like for me it was sort of the opposite. So I have this weird thing where I don't like having my hands be dirty for like anything really. So I wash my hands pretty regularly. And so things like that usually get me for as far as like things that happen in your hands or like touching certain things, even like the gooey texture of whatever is usually on screen. I'll be like, oh, like my hands will be out because it ends up bothering me in some way. You know what? I think I have, um, uh, what's the, what's like the phobia of like things with a lot of holes in it and like, oh, it's like trip up trypophobia something uh, like that tryptophobia yeah. that's what it is uh, like i think that's real for me like i've seen several things and i'm like oh like i want to like scratch it or tear it apart or something like that because it just doesn't feel right yeah you must have a hard time looking at beehives yeah oh fuck yeah i got i mean i just got anxious thinking about it <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> fuck yeah that's, that's a good one uh that and agoraphobia i, I, I don't i've no i have like a huge fear of like wide open spaces so like open ocean space yeah right yeah that's it i that's like that's a legit one for sure uh because like i get super nervous like if i'm ever really far out in the ocean and then i think about how much space is beneath me and then i'm just like yeah but but it also ties into like you know lovecraftian things you mean, you mean like, fear of the unknown yeah well no more of a fear of like a giant sea monster but also oh, yeah, yeah unknown. understood yeah giant sea monsters and the fear of what could right. be beneath me yeah I'm kind of into that what like getting eaten by a giant monster yeah can you imagine cthulhu's like tentacles all over you what we're okay. getting into a different kind of <laughs> this, is ne- this is now a new podcast right well <laughs> if you would like to subscribe to um to persephone's like cthulhu break fanfic, <laughs> Oh per, per, no! Per, per, Persephone's fanfic is at www. <laughs> I sure do love tentacles. I, do. <laughs> I, I sure do love tentacles. <laughs> no, honestly, if Cthulhu decided to invade the world, I'd definitely be like, "Hey, I'm one of your servants." I have a bar of soap that is actually Cthulhu carved into it, and it smells like elderberries. It's like a really I like that. well done soap. Right. I never used it because it like the, I wouldn't use it's it. It's like a woman who like carved this into this fucking thing oh, of soap damn. and it looks beautiful. How much did you and pay you for don't that? Want like to use it. Four bucks? What? Yeah, on Etsy. Uh, shameless plug. Lore works on Etsy makes horror based um soaps and things like that. We'll we'll uh we'll link them. Because that sounds legit and I want some. Yeah. I have a Michael Myers soap called Pumpkin Bay. You showed me that one. It's it smells like um Pumpkin. Just straight up pumpkin. I thought it was something else. Pumpkin pie. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Fucking pumpkin pie. That's interesting. But you're right, Mitch. It it brought up a different feeling for all of us. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to come together and figure that out. Because I feel like it'd be really funny if we watched all of them like together. Because then you'd get that sort of collective response to what's going on. Everybody could smell the dirt with me. <laughs> <You're> so excited! <laughs> this has now become a uh, hor- uh, analyze horror and psychology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? That makes me really curious. Then, what is your favorite smells? Whoa! Yeah, there's well, so many. Of there, them. Uh, yeah. you can list a few, like top five. You know, dude, like like freshly cut basil. Okay. Oh, that's oh. a specific one. Like, do you get that, like, when you're cooking? Yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah. So do you I usually, like, crumple it up? Oh, yeah. smell oh it absolutely, bit? dude. Basil smells good. Yeah. Basil does smell good. What are you looking at? It's a fresh smell. It's a fresh smell. 
<laughs> They're about to get up and fight yeah. <laughs> over basil. World star. World star. <laughs> it's like, move the mics first, please. <laughs> They're worth more than both of you. <laughs> They're, worth, They're worth more than the income this YouTube video will generate. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Wait, right. so I got Basil from Mitch. That's one. Yeah. If you think of any others, we'll come back to it. What about you, Percy? Dirt. <laughs> well, okay. Well, you know what? That's real. I like the smell of soil. No, I mean, I just... So, uh, the it's a body... but Well, just to talk about the body. It's not one of my favorite, but it's called... Oh, fuck. God, it's like a graveyard. I think it's called like graveyard or something. And it's based off like, it's like this witchy brand. And it's literally like, it smells like fresh roses and dirt. But okay. um, I, one of my favorite scents is probably actually butterscotch. Um, I have like a butterbeer scented like lotion. And I think, fuck you. I know you think I'm an old ass lady. You know, where there's original. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that's actually why I if like them. If you behave, is, grandpa uh, will give you a where there's original. Uh, but I actually really like them. My grandmother, my grandmother um, on my father's side was actually one of my best friends growing up. Yeah. Um, and she used to always carry Werther's original. Oh, gotcha. So when I smell Very them, it reminds me of there. like a, yeah, but I also really like the smell of musk, like yeah, men. Well, I don't know. I mean, musk in general, but like men is what I think of. Like when I smell like a good musk, I'm like, most, oh, that man sounds smell of Most musk-y. adult male. Oh my god! Most musk. adult male colognes are musk. Yeah, based. not that. No, like I like those are shit. Like yeah. I want like an actual like man musk. Give me that man musk. I feel like that's just bo, isn't it? <laughs> Give me that man musk. This is terrible. I want to cut you out. Uh, <laughs> there is a, a a smell I just thought of right now that mm. just occurred to me. One of my favorite smells ever is a heavy rain in the fall oh like my the smell God. after yes. the smell after a heavy rain in the fall when all the Petrichor? leaves is that is that the term name yeah it? there's or a specific that? term for it but yeah, it smells right. wonderful it smells Ooh. i always think that the whole world has been cleaned ever since that whenever the whenever it rains like that i just feel everything's clean now and it smells like that too and i don't know it just That's i don't a know damn good one yeah Better than uh, your basil one. Yeah, man, basil uh, is still pretty good though. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're like, yo, excuse you. <laughs> that was Subtle the first jab, one. Like. Right? <laughs> I'm gonna need you to calm it's down. It's still second on the list. <laughs> uh, if it wasn't, so I feel like there's different categories for me. So uh, I think as far as like herbs and spices and things like that, like sage is up there, Ooh. just because it's so connected to my family and like uh religious rituals that happened like when i was a kid which included like them burning it in the catholic church and then my grandma using it for like purifying a home and then i have some here that i'll burn i have some of my apartment that i burn too every time somebody comes in i like sage like my apartment right. afterwards I'm yeah like, let me clear that shit out like <laughs> um, i've never done anything like that before you should try it yeah, very sage, much sage your house. Yeah, sage cleanse it. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Like the white bundle. You have the yeah, the yeah. bundle, so, bundle of sage. And a lot of people they they would like to call it smudging, but because yes. we're not native, yeah, I'm not exactly. going to claim that we we're not. Native. Well, yeah. uh, smudging is used both for Native Americans as well as Central Americans. So, yeah, but so, like just yeah, because I'm not, I don't identify. I'm not a part of that. I call it sage cleansing. That's just a better term for me. But yeah, it's like a oh, yeah, you're right. white sage bundle. Normally white sage is what's used. And then uh, for me, as someone that's like in witchcraft, I call the corners. I do, you know, the whole shebang. I call on the deities that I talk to. Most of the times I invoke my namesake, but uh, 
in. Oh, dang. That's cool. Like, yeah, it's fucking Shit. awesome to be able to invoke your yeah, namesake, what? dude. <laughs> you got into some next level stuff with yeah. that one. Wow. <laughs> then I uh, clean my apartment. I cleanse all of my crystals. I cleanse okay. my things that I wear. Can I ask you a question? What does it mean to um, proclaim your namesake? Oh, when I, like, call my namesake? Call your namesake, yeah. Um, so, like, if people are calling the corners, like, northeast, southwest, they're calling the... Or they might call, like, a deity that they worship. So, for me, I I invoke Persephone. Yeah. Because uh. my name is Persephone, I call. Like, that is the person who, when I'm talking, if I'm ever just, like, calling to the universe, like, for me, it feels really weird sometimes to, like, stake a claim to a god or something. But it feels very natural for me to just be like, oh, you know... Persephone is a deity. Deity, please like lead me towards the direction I should be going. You know what I mean? Like it's more of like a, or it's like a more universal name for me to, or it's an easier way for me to like ask the universe for help. I just, I, I claim You've my name. You've also literally um, committed a part of your name to this, so it's like that's why. It, yeah. That's hence the the namesake yeah. that you end up using it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like it, it can include uh, peoples who have decided um, either to take on a certain name or take on a certain title. Uh, or your family has been doing this for a while and like there's multiple generations of people that translates more for like if you were Mayan or Aztec and you were part of a family that was uh, either like the two gender or if you were like shamanistic or any one of those you would end up being tied in with a certain deity certain god or goddess and you could uh, pray to them it's like yeah, in yeah. a sense. You Basically want like that. a and d version of it? It's the clerics. <laughs> so like I know like a lot of people when they do it, like if they do witchcraft or something, they may like call the corners or like they mm. invoke the elements and they that's who they like give their worship to. Or like they, sorry, that's how they start off things. Um, so that's just like kind of a way it to seems, explain it. It seems very, um, it seems very, what well, would it be correct to say it's very nature based? Yeah. Uh, it would really depend. So like, especially the, depending on the type of witchcraft that you follow so like as i my i myself i follow a more like green witchcraft based like path i guess a lot of my stuff is more nature based like i'm that girl that has plants in her apartment named after her friends and then if one gets sick i go oh shit my friend's sick like let me call that friend and check Uh, on them (laughs) the the base and intention of that style of witchcraft is not personal gain yeah. It's basically a good way to describe well, it. I mean, especially if you're following, like, the Wiccan read. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what, it's not, you know, anything that would go against, anything that is for personal gain or, like, you're trying to change the will of somebody else is seen as, like, something you shouldn't do. You're going to get it threefold back, things like that. But, yeah, so that's just something I do when I have, but I would definitely recommend sage cleansing something. It's very interesting. It can be a very calming experience, too, because you're, like, physically watching the smoke, like, go over things well, and, like, cleanse There's it. two pieces to that. There's that. There's, like, you'll get a, a, a certain experience by using it, but they've done a lot of scientific research. Oh. Um, so inhaling the smoke itself and then um, uh, the after effects of that, it's actually a mood improver, like, they they're trying to figure out what exactly it is about it but just burning it can help you and then in some cases people inhale it and uh kind of not like you know like what you do with cigars like pull it into your mouth and then let it go that's what people you taste the smoke instead of inhale the smoke yeah and so it's it's a possibility to do something like that and the reason why it's white sage is because at one point it was very very common to find it here in north america but now it's it's kind of getting like it's kind of getting dwindled because of like appropriation where they're putting them into sets and selling them for way too much money 
yeah so if you're gonna like buy some white sage or like anything kind of bundle like that to use i definitely recommend also finding like either like a native owned Mm -hmm. someone that's actually growing it because like yeah it's definitely like dwindling because of literally like sephora's witch kit where we say give you a what is it palo alto the fucking little stick yeah thank you there you go palo santo and then fucking a sage bundle and like a fucking shitty rose quartz for 40 bucks like yeah that's pretty fucked up that they're doing shit like that but that's a good scent though that was a good one yeah dude sage Sage is is up there and then um the other two i can think of immediately is uh the smell of jasmine flowers um because uh, (laughs) it's a strong smell but the reason why it's so well connected is because uh, they grew all over in my grandma's garden um and so anytime i go over and visit there's a bunch and you walk out and smell that and so that's it's either that or um vanilla my my grandmother uses a lot of vanilla based like lotions and care items so naturally like a nice tender warm smell um it's not like a apparently vanilla is like labeled as one of those scents that people like as far as like a sexual connection with like partners oh yeah so it's like things that people really enjoy to smell on someone else it's like that and like lavender i think is the other yeah it's a lot of interesting stuff about that everyone should just be covering themselves in flowers all the time now i mean it's not a bad idea yeah just just smear i'm just gonna go get some lavender and smear it on myself like <laughs> on my face and then just walk around and be like sup ladies you i've got probably... like green and purple all smudged on my face <laughs> you know and they're like um hello homeless man <laughs> how are you doing hello homeless man <laughs> and then they just don't talk to me anymore. i feel like i'd be more inclined to talk to a homeless person if they were wearing like a flower crown for some reason yeah you know they probably they're probably all right question yeah so let's say you had to have someone in a bathtub who'd you rescue who'd you bring into your house like anyone so a mermaid version of anyone who's dying of a horrible mermaid tumor who would it be that you who'd you bring yeah who would you bring to your tub um so is this like actors actresses anyone anybody anyone i'm gonna have to think on that for a moment like who would you be willing to save if they were a mermaid and dying? Or if we're talking in relation to the comic, what is your final art piece? What did you create out of your own blood or whatever? Oh jeez. What would you create out of your own blood? Or just what would your final art piece be? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's a good one. I think I would I think I would create a like a sigil or a glyph. Something that's not like I don't know. For some reason, it's sort of unbelievable to me that they would make such a detailed piece of work out of all the things there. I feel like it would be much simpler, more symbolic in some way. So it's like iconography where you only created like a certain thing and then it would mean significantly more because you used blood and and like bodily fluids at that point. Because I'm sure it's happened before where people used blood for whatever. But it almost is like I, I feel like blood is always associated with something evil. Like there's not like you don't just do blood magic for no reason. Like, you know what I mean? I, I like, I think that's weird because I get, I guess I get that. Like it's always associated for something evil, but I just think of it as like a really strong type of magic. Like if you're really wanting, like you're really investing yourself, especially if you're using your own blood in it. Like I take it as like, this is you, like you are very much committed to this thing working. What do you think, Mitch? I've been thinking, man. (laughs) (laughs) 
I've been thinking. You guys had some really create uh, some really creative answers for that question that I add'd out of. So, um, so Sorry. if you'd like to repeat that question to me one more time, um, the two that I so it's either who oh is, relative to the movies who would we put yeah, in the bathtub? So either your mermaid in the bathtub or what is your final art piece? What would my final art piece be? Dang, my final art piece would probably be a poem. Might be my final thing that I would so do. So you, you would write out something then? Mm-hmm. I would write out a poem or something along those lines. That would be like the final thing that I would do, because it wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I'm not a very like a big flashy person. I don't want to come in and cause a bunch of explosions. You know, I'll go out with a whisper. That's fine. I I thought of another answer for the final art piece. Um, I would either do eyes or a mouth. And I would. Are you talking eyes like in The Great Gatsby? Um, yeah, sort of. Where, oh, man, that's a good reference. The, <laughs> the, the the eyes that are sort of on the front of the cover. The billboard, yeah. Yeah, or the billboard. Yeah, thank you. Um, I would do the eyes because um, it's sort of like metaphorical in a sense. So he got to witness the de- like the deterioration of this person in addition to like being the only witness to it. And so people wouldn't exactly believe him about what was going on especially in his like twisted sense of what was going on where he was like, I'm helping her by also cutting her open and taking all of this uh, liquid. That's like my paints. I'm using her blood as my paint. And then it gets into like a weird story about it. Or I would do a mouth. I would do a mouth because that translates to so many different things for people. So like if you want to think about one way, uh, you obviously eat with your mouth, but there's like so many other like touch connections with your mouth. As far as like, say when you're a kid and you just shove things in your mouth because it's one of your sensory organs. So it's like, that's why kids do it because they don't know any better, but it's one of the most sensitive areas in your body. And so you end up doing something like that. So it would translate in that way where he was sort of like doing these things because he may have done it himself. You want to hear something somewhat dark? Yeah. So apparently about eyes, children that draw eyes a lot. I don't know if this is true. I just read it like a thing and it linked to some like obscure study. But a lot of children that were found to draw draw eyes a lot were also children that had been sexually abused at some point in their childhood. So eyes became like a huge like thing that they would draw constantly. And it was very much like a thing thing that was across the board with a lot of children that had this experience. I, You're welcome. That's fucked up. You but, should probably cut that. But like, I just did. That was a very interesting. I thought it was an interesting thing. Like I remember reading something like super obscure a while ago that like linked to some study talking about that. And I was like, well, wow, that's really fucking nuts. Like, well, I can see how it would translate because the person that might be committing that act, I doubt that they're going to look away. Like the person like who's definitely like not the victim, the person who's deciding to do these things. I highly doubt that they're going to be looking away while whatever's going on. So if you do manage to get a look at this person, what you're going to see is the eyes staring back at you. So it's like a literal translation of whatever trauma has happened to that point into your art or whatever you're drawing. But that's like, that's like why would kids, so this gets into like, why do kids draw like imaginary friends or like, why do they, or why do they draw fucked up versions of their imaginary friends? Like they're not like normal looking most of the time. And or like they tell them shit and you're like, what? What did they tell you? And this is like the this is this goes back to like the basis of why some horror works so well for kids, because they'll tell you about this imaginary friend that told them to like push their dog down the stairs. And you're like, what do you mean? Like, who told you to do that shit? And they just 
just act like it's normal. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, my fucking imaginary friend told me to kill my family. Like, you know what I'm like? Um, right. <laughs> they told you to do what? <laughs> no, it's not even like go directly kill your family. It's like, hey, you should probably grab that knife and see how your mom likes it. And you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Where did this get? To? Like, this is like some crazy shit they just got into. So that's real. I could see that. Yeah. Damn. Children in horror movies. This is why I don't want to have children. Really, really though, you know what interests me so much about the ending of Panorama of Hell. That interests me. You know what interests me so much about the Panorama of Hell, is that he describes his wife, his daughter, and his son, and then he talks about his final art piece of killing all of them. Oh shit! Did he say that? I thought the final he art piece around. was like more of killing everyone. Yes, but his family wouldn't be there to experience that so he saved them from that first then went and killed everybody else because that's how i took that because he was like my kids will not experience this my wife will not experience this my grandmother will not experience this but Um, this is going to be the end of the world have you guys seen the mist that movie's fucking terrible (laughs) the end of that movie is terrible why is a terrible person? Because the fucking, if you, I don't know if you've seen this I, I've film. seen the mess, The yeah. fucking, where the dude's like, I'm going to kill everybody in the fucking car. And then he kills everyone around him. And then he doesn't have enough for him. And then fucking help comes by. Like yeah. literally they solved uh, it. moments yeah. later. So stupid. Uh, moments later, the army shows up and they're all saved. And he's like, I just merged all these people in the car. But like, that's how I took that. That was such a good ending. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, that was no, a terrible movie. terrible. Such a stupid fucking... But like, yeah, the ending. It's like, if take I'm it right, up with Stephen King. Of oh my god, my panorama. Hold on, I have panorama of hell on my thing, so I can bring it up. But like, I was like more like I'm pretty sure like he literally sits there and he's like, yeah, like my daughter is not going to experience this, my son will not experience this, my wife, and they all look like puppets. If yeah, you look yeah, at they them. All, they they all do look like puppets. Yeah, yes. so I like assumed it was more of like a I am saving. I know they're into this fucked up shit too, but I am saving them from this horrific end. And I will be the only one to experience it. I'm the only one who will live through it. Very cool. All right. All right. That's a bunch of deeper, much deeper uh, than what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it goes back to sort of the suffering that some people might experience and then and how they want to like sort of save other people from it, especially if they're like family members. Um, and so the feelings that sort of come from watching someone die especially if they're like dying of cancer or dying of like a disease that's gonna deteriorate your body very quickly and you have like only days weeks left sort of and how like you end up seeing them sort of in those last few moments so i can see how that would translate into a piece that he created where uh it was both meant to surprise and like kind of shock you with what was going on but meant to have that meaning that we're pulling apart right now yeah, like if you look at it, so the part where he's talking about his kids, he literally says, my children, it's for your own good. I won't let you see this hell. Do you think this hell story is sort of like another version of, I don't know, like Dante's Inferno or like when they like journey through? Why is it always like a multi-level journey through hell? I actually took this as he didn't want his kids to go through the same horrors that he did. Okay. Because he was talking about, like, having to escape. Because, like, the whole, like, what? It's, like, a huge metaphor for the fucking bombing or whatever. You know what I mean? Yep, so yep. he has this fear of his kids going through the same thing. So as much as he really enjoys the fact that his kids are creepy and gross like him, 
he also doesn't want them to have to suffer through the same fucking thing that he had to go through so it's kind of like a mercy killing in a sense of like i'm Wait. sorry like you're i you're not gonna see this but this is for your own good are you talking about the fallout effects of the bombing of japan it might or however he yeah went, he yeah. lived through that yeah he lived through that he's a he's a fair i don't know how old um hideshi is but but he yeah he went through that like but that he, was why he left yeah. and for a bunch of things mm-hmm. yeah he almost didn't survive he was born like after the bombing like during that like during the yeah. bombing of uh was it hiroshima yeah yeah he was Hir- yeah hiroshima he was born Nagasaki. he was born during hiroshima's bombing that's crazy and he was should not have survived is what the uh well yeah leads us to believe and then um he does a really good like I mean we we talked about the deterioration of of people and whatnot in his things and so he uses his grandfather and father and then brother. Well, this translates pretty literally to history then because yep. they had nuclear fallout for several generations because of the 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 rest of the nuclear uh, or what is it the radiation that was left over mm-hmm. for the areas and how that affected several generations of families afterwards. Where like now they're still experiencing it like only recently. Has like the newest generation not had any effects of radiation uh, because of what had happened in those cities. So it's like that could be a very literal translation of what's going on um, or like what happened to families or people he saw and then how they might have felt having kids who are in some ways radiation poisoning or they were deformed or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, it was definitely it definitely has ties into that. And I think that's where a lot of like the darkness comes from because you do not live through that time period and not just see everything awful happen. You know, that's like cause that's a country in absolute turmoil after that. Oh, that's yeah. a country in like 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 they they struggled really hard to rebuild themselves after that and it like shows like in their society now and whatnot. Um I watched a really good documentary on happiness and whatnot that is related to that, which everyone should watch at some point because it's a pretty good documentary. It's called what? Called Happy. Okay. And it's just a documentary about happiness and happiness around the world and how different people experience it and like what affects it and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good documentary. Watch it. All right. I'll check it out. Yeah. This reminds me of uh, there's a history documentary on Netflix that does a really good job of telling you world history without being um what's the word biased so like u.s history sucks because we're always the good guys and we're always the best in whatever piece of history that is in our history books Mm -hmm. and so it goes over world war ii and explains uh why the united states pretty much sucked for most of the time and then only joined in after uh, the bombing of pearl harbor and then we're like guess we're gonna join the war now and then got in but really it was everyone else who suffered some great loss during that time period such a good retelling of history that you like never heard before and how important like other countries were to that front. I highly recommend it. I got to find the name for it. What's up, Percy? <laughs> good. Any final thoughts? I really enjoyed the comic. I really enjoyed the manga. I yeah. really wish that I had gotten the collection two of his because that actually has the Mermaid in a Manhole. Apparently, it's comic. really fucking hard to find it. Like, yeah, without yeah. having to pay for it. Yeah, without, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. Fuck. Like, yeah, so, I get it. Pay for yeah, the artist. Yeah, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Shit. Yeah, I couldn't do it this week. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, so I'm like, mm, so I'll like, oh, find a scan. Okay, I found a scan. Okay, that's not okay. Uh, that'll work, I suppose. And um, but yeah, absolutely. Highly should should buy it. I will actually pick up the collection, and then I'll come back and I'll we'll do like a tiny follow up. We'll talk about it a little bit, maybe. 
Yeah, but the comic was really good, especially like the more you got into it and just seeing about his story and everything. I was like, oh, shit. OK, like you're not just this edgy kid. You're you went through some shit and this is kind of you making your final masterpiece and what it would look like if you could. Hmm. And the women were beautiful. <laughs> well, just some final thoughts that I had was um, I'm looking forward into what we're going to sort of extend out into as far as like the horror genre goes and i know we're just starting to get into literature and whatnot i'm really excited to do the idea that we had which was for the scary stories to tell in the dark because this is totally connected to our childhood is that going to be our next podcast john not the next one but it's coming up all right what is what is our next podcast maybe we should give a preview to our viewers um well well i had a few different short stories that were kind of in my mind one of them is from H.P. Lovecraft. Another one is from, uh, I can't remember his name at the moment, but he made a short story that is based in the Lovecraftian universe, but it was not H.P. Lovecraft. And he basically writes a, an alternate version of Sherlock and Holmes, or Sherlock Holmes and, and Watson. With Eldritch stuff? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that, that, that yeah. nipples are diamonds. <laughs> so he, he ends up writing that one, and then there, um, so there was scary stories to tell in the dark. I enjoy those books because uh, it gives you directions for how to tell a story. So these are intended to be told to a group of people, um, and it'll tell you like in the directions, like stomp your feet at someone or like get close to someone and then shout or something like that. So it kind of is intended to scare people, but it was labeled as a children's book, even though it like deals with some really dark themes. So that's a really good piece of literature and it's connected directly to me when I was a kid and I found it in like a really dusty like middle school library just sitting on the shelf. Yeah, it was really cool. It, was, it always ends up in those really ominous places mm-hmm. as the dusty tome that yeah. I opened. And by the time I had discovered it, the book was like discolored, like the spine was bent, like there was all sorts of weird stuff in it. And I, and I went through the whole thing like in one sitting in the library. So... I'm really excited because this wasn't a part of my childhood as someone who had like a really unorthodox childhood. <laughs> like, uh, so as an adult, I'm very excited to figure out what this whole thing is about. Right. So like, that's one of them. And then I really want to get into, um, the, I really want to get into the, the doom video game series. And the reason why, did you see the trailer for doom eternal? Yes. Holy shit. I know. Thank you to the person I'm talking to who showed me that video, but god damn, I'm ready for that. Those games are so much fun. They've opened up like a whole different genre of gaming that you can do and it's not it's not like your first person shooters like Call of Duty where you have to like hide behind things and like shoot around the corner and then like find another place to hide. The only way you can get ammo in Doom is to run up to a fucking monster and cut it in half. And it drops ammo. And that's how you fucking proceed through the game because they want you to be up front in their fucking face, like killing things while you're listening to fucking metal. Like that's definitely the game you play to really enjoy doing that. But the whole history and story about how this game came about and how it's connected directly to like video game history, it's really interesting. So I want to I wanna dedicate a whole episode to it. So we're going to do our research and uh, get ready for something like that. So next week is Doom. Maybe not next week. Damn. 
Mm. So Doom is not. No. Nope. Y'all can do that. I won't be here next week. What? Um, <laughs> catch Percy? me at WonderCon. I'll be at WonderCon right. in Anaheim, Sandy, or Anaheim, California. So if you want to come Lucky. see me, you can catch me at WonderCon. <laughs> what are you? Are you dressing up? I will be. For one day, I'm dressing up as a, st- I sh- or at least I should be. One day, I'll be Amethyst from us. Uh, uh, Steven Universe. Yeah. I'm doing that in a group cosplay. Oh, and yeah. then all the other days, you can find me as your normal goth girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's the standard costume. We're, like, the, 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 we're going to miss you. And that's it. <laughs> I, what I'm guessing next week we want to do is uh, short stories. So a short literature story that we can kind of take apart because yeah. short stories are almost like you got to get lightning in a bottle and i would also you know i think it'd be good to just do some like red pieces on here just read some of the material mm-hmm. for people and i think i'll it'd definitely just be read cool. like a like a paragraph or so of it maybe not the entire thing yeah. and or i'll put a recording of the reading if you want to listen to it separately prior to listening to the podcast and uh do something like that the scary stories to tell in the dark i will have people do dramatic readings of them so i'll definitely have something prepared for that and uh, insert it so that you can hear the story before we get into talking about it because those are really good and they're short they're only like a page or two long for each one so really excited for that and then lastly we are super easy to find we're available like pretty much anywhere that you can get podcasts or so the main ones are itunes uh, spotify google play music on youtube we've got a facebook page as well as an instagram so feel free to message us ask us questions give suggestions because i do enjoy taking those and figuring out what would be the best thing to move on to next but i really appreciate you guys coming in to talk about these two movies so i hope everyone has a good night goodbye goodbye